Welcome everyone to episode 16 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Myring, Talos on the boards. And joining me today, freshly back from Japan. That's me. I'm Derek Heemsberg and Embryon on the boards. And apparently that is now my full legal name. And uh, we are joined by a very special guest today. He is the arranger of our original theme music. He uh, did a Halloween arrangement of it for us. And I liked it so much that I just basically started using it all of the time because it's awesome. Joining us today is Sean Shafiansky. Sean, welcome. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. And so we're going to have you for two whole episodes. We are going to do a regular episode with you next time we record, but we figured this would be fun to introduce you first, get to know Sean a little bit and your music, and sort of talk about you know your projects. And you know, we'll learn who you are before we go and talk about crazy music, although we're not going to talk about the topic yet. Sounds, Sounds good. To secret. Me. Yes. So, Sean, we're going to ask you some pretty typical questions that we tend to ask most of our guests. Hopefully you'll bear with that and be able to give us some exciting answers. The pressure's on. Do it, Sean. Do it. The first thing I'm going to ask you is um, if you can just tell us a little bit about your background. Generally, like, why did you get into video game music? What kind of musical training do you have? If you want to start with that? Sure. Back when I was a kid, my dad was and still is an avid video game player. And uh, I was first exposed to video games with the Nintendo Entertainment System and the first RPGs I played were Final Fantasy and Destiny of an Emperor. And those two games just kind of started me on RPGs in general. And now I'm like a collector, and it, they inspired me to get into video game music. I'm actually finishing up my undergrad at Grand Valley State University, and I've been involved in music for quite a long time. Uh, since middle school, I was in the band, as many of us were. I don't know. I knew that I wanted to get into video game music. So how did you actually get involved in the game scene? Like, how did you hook up with Louder and everything? Back in 2008, I started up my YouTube channel, and I was not expecting to get compensation for anything. This was just a hobby. I posted things on YouTube for fun, and it was just a fun little hobby I had um, to do in my spare time. And when I heard about Louder and Joypad Records, I'm like, holy crap. I can actually release my remasters and expose a whole lot more people to the music that I do. And I thought that was just awesome. So I immediately emailed them and they graciously added me to their ranks. And now it's just, uh, it's, it's a thing. Now, <laughs> now it's, it's a thing. thing. Yeah, they, they really are fantastic, though. Like right when, when Joypad was first coming around, like I was talking to them a lot because I was like, oh, I want to you know cover the stuff they put out. And I just I love what they've been able to do for like getting like smaller musicians to be able to put out music, not only get paid for it, but make sure, you know, the original composer gets paid if it's an arrangement. Like it's I think it's just a great setup for everyone involved, listeners, musicians, arrangers. Yeah, the exposure yeah. thing is real because I wouldn't have probably been exposed to you if not for that. And I'm grateful. So on top of that, I would like to know, the listeners would like to know, Sean, are there any particular musicians or composers who inspired you? Oh, man, that's that's a lot. <laughs> oh, go, uh, list them all. All of them, yes. Names, we'd names, be here. names. We'd be here a while. But uh, like I said, when I was a kid, uh, I first played Final Fantasy as my first RPG, and so Nobuo Oamatsu is a major inspiration for me. That man is a genius. And... Uh, I love uh, Yasunori Nitsuda, Noriyuki Iwadare. You and me both. Daisuke Ishiwatari from Blaze Blue. Oh, yep, yep. Keiichi Okabe of Nier and Dragon Guard fame. So basically, what you're telling me is that you were inspired by all the good ones, yes? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yes. That's funny. That's how we feel about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Derek and I actually met uh, Ishiwatari at E3 this year. I mean, very briefly, but it was still cool. Like we got him to oh, sign a poster and stuff. Jealous. Yes. It was a, a an exciting moment, a fandom moment. It was like, oh my god, that's the guy who does the thing. Yeah, he he he's rocking. Well, at that at that precise moment, he was rocking like a sharpie, but he was probably still rocking in his soul. Well, when you're <laughs> when you're Daisuke Ishiwatari, you can do whatever you want with anything you want. Yeah, he's he, he can he can shred on a marker. I I'm absolutely <laughs> confident that that's the case. I'd pay money to see that. So, so I mean, composers are, are one thing and all, and, and of course, people people like us tend to know the names of composers that they really really care about, which is awesome. But before you actually knew the composers, like, were there any particular games that stoked the fires of your imagination and got you writing? Uh, Metal Gear Solid, actually. Yeah. That has a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, that was um, great music. Uh, all of them, pretty much. Even the NES that no one talks about. <laughs> You know, I don't think I'm really that familiar with the NES Metal Gear soundtrack. Well, go to game trailers and watch their Metal Gear retrospective. It's like three hours long. It's they will tell you everything. <laughs> everything you ever needed to know. Yeah. Or didn't need to know. Or didn't, yeah. But uh, yeah, Final Fantasy Metal Gear. Grandia. Yes. Another good one. Grandia's great. Threads of Fate. Or mm-hmm. Do Prism. How appropriate. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's just tons of games that... I can't possibly name them all or else we'd be here forever. So <laughs> that's okay. So, all right, n- now that we've asked you like the broad question, let's try something a little more uh, challenging. We're going to put you on the spot. What would your favorite soundtrack album from another composer, any or one particular song, like the favorite? Like what, what would you list? Oh, man. And just uh, because I know how this question goes, you are limited to three. Limited to three. What okay. is your one favorite? Give me. What three. is your one favorite? Give me three. I know I, I've done this question before. <laughs> okay. Well, most recently is uh, Dragon Guard Three. That's a great soundtrack. That soundtrack is amazing. Specifically, the uh, credits music, "The Silence Is Mine." Oh yes. <laughs> Holy crap! Chills. Okay. Before uh, before the soundtrack came out, that's actually like I remember, and Derek can corroborate this. I was listening through, you know, like whatever tracks they had released, and I found that, and I think I linked it to Derek on like six different things. I was, I texted it to him, I sent it to him on Skype. He got on Steam for like four seconds, and I was like, Derek, did you listen to this? So, this yeah. is accurate. <laughs> I like I like that one too. <laughs> it's real good. Uh, all right, so Dragon Guard Three is the most uh, recent of my favorites. Um, oh man on the spot right now it's a tough question like it, I, I don't know that i could come up with one necessarily on the spot because our favorite games and our favorite soundtracks aren't necessarily the same <laughs> unlimited saga but <laughs> it, you know it changes from person to person oh i got Sonic it Sonic 2006 <clears throat> breath that's, of fire 3 yes excellent choice that jazzy overworld theme i i, yes. I feel like that's some inspiration for you right there <laughs> uh breath of fire 3 and the third one would have to be some DMC Devil May Cry. Oh, Gotta love yeah. Very Noisia. nice. Noisia. That's a great soundtrack. Like, I actually really... Like, that whole game was really cool. It got a kind of a bad rap for not being just like the other ones, but the music in that was rad. Exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and take a listen to one of Sean's tracks, give you a little bit of a break. Coming up, we've got Devil's Lab, which is not yet released. It's from the second disc of your Final Fantasy VI remaster album. The first disc was quite rad, so let's go ahead and give everybody a peek at this.
So once again, that was Devil's Lab from the upcoming Final Fantasy VI Remastered Disc 2 album. So I'm looking forward to that full album because that's a fun track. So, Sean, if there were no obstacles in your way, what would be your dream collaboration job working with like another composer or musician? They could be living or dead, related to game music or not related. So who would you like to work with the most? Bon Jovi? (laughs) John Bon Jovi, huh? Really? Actually, I heard he's a pretty cool guy, so... I... I'd have to say Nobuo Uematsu. I mean, he's just a—he's such an inspiration for me, and the reason why I got into video game music in the first place. I think that would, that would just be a dream. I respect that answer. That's a, that's a good one. He uh, and I think he too. Like I'm—I'm I'm not sure, but I know like people sometimes send him arrangements of like his own music on like Twitter or via email. Like uh, I know with the Final Fantasy VI Balance and Ruin album for OC Remix, Jake Kaufman's remix of the opera. They like somebody tweeted it to Uematsu, and Uematsu was like, "I'd like to have a beer with that guy." <laughs> nice, nice. So I think I think that is absolutely a doable goal too. So yep. just uh, just you know what you do, just start tweeting everything you do to him. And I actually sent a tweet to Akira Yamaoka to pump up my up my upcoming tribute album to him, and uh, he responded back and saying he really, really likes it. And I'm like, yes! Oh, that's awesome! awesome. That's like the best kind of validation. Yep. <laughs> I also sent Keiichi Okabe some of the jazz remixes I did from Nier, and he really liked those. <laughs> That's fantastic, yeah. I love that, like, I always, I try to, like, convince people, because I'm clearly a social media dork, and I always try to convince people that, like, Twitter is cool because of, like, you know, you, it, you can communicate with people like that, and it's so easy. And I really like, like, I found in a lot of cases, especially with musicians, like, they always write back, and, like, they're super gracious about it, so... As an arranger, I'm sure that's fantastic just to be able to get like such a quick response and like, hey, this sounds great. Yeah, Twitter is a great platform for that. Facebook, not so much. Yeah, when I guess when you you check fan of somebody versus you know you just send them a message, it's a lot different. So outside of uh, video game music, what what kind of music do you listen to? You know, who are some of your favorite artists and groups? If it's not apparent from my Chrono Trigger jazz album, my Near jazz album, I like jazz. You do. <laughs> No way. Right? Big shocker here. But uh, I love old, old-timey old jazz, new jazz, acid jazz, what what have you. Recently, I've been getting into a group called the Active Neats, and they do like jazz arrangements of Toho tunes. It's like super hyper-electronic type stuff. Like, to hear it in jazz would be really cool. Yeah, and it's Active Neats, N-E-E-T-S. Oh, like, uh, no, empl- ed- what is it? No education something... Non-employed, educated, something. Yep, it's one of those. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a it's a Japanese societal thing. Like basically, yeah, like, he kind of Yeah. Wow. Well, that's you guys sound way more informed on that than I do. You know these things. I didn't know needs. That's that's. I'd like to listen to active needs, but I had no idea it was like an acronym for something. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's not something you want to be labeled as. Ah, okay. So I sh- I shouldn't be like, hey, I love you. You're a neat. Yes. So. So, okay, well, I guess that, that means, obviously, you, you do like jazz very, very much. But are there any other styles or genres of music that you haven't used a lot that you'd like to try? Uh, I have been trying to get out of the comfort zone for a lot of things. Like, from my second volume of the Final Fantasy VII Remastered, I did, like, Bluegrass for the Fiddle to Chocobo track. And the new Final Fantasy VI Disc 2 album coming up, Stragos, Stragos is Stragos? Strago, Strago? Whatever, he's, 
think Nate Strago, whatever his whatever his name is. But his theme is like kind of has a reggae feel to it. And so I'm just trying to branch out into other genres as best I can while still keeping in like what I feel comfortable with. I actually think that reggae sounds like it would fit that theme really well because I'm I'm playing it in my head and yeah. It's just it's the it's the offbeats of the guitar in the right channel. I think it's the right channel. It's like you have the offbeats in the side and reggae is known for that offbeat syncopation. So like, well, outside of your own work, do you think there are any styles that aren't used enough in game soundtracks other than jazz? Uh, why can't we get a dubstep yodeling with? <laughs> I would really graphic? like a shoegaze Final Fantasy album. <laughs> when an entire game the, played on the shamisen. The, that the actually dubs, was pretty rad. The dubstep yodeling just reminded me of something that would be <laughs> in Goat Simulator or something like oh, that. Oh God. <laughs> oh man, can we just? I yes, please. Ghost Simulator. Oh, I've only man. watched the trailer. It's so ridiculous. I watched my roommate play it for like an hour, and I played it for like twenty minutes, and I just I think everything about that is perfect. I think it would get very boring if not for the Steam Workshop. Have people gone bananas with it yet? Yes, very much so. You should look up ridiculous videos when you get a chance. It's oh. fantastic. It might very well be what I'm doing after this, <laughs> right now, <laughs> while we're doing this interview. It wouldn't I be can't, that out of character. I can't deny that. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give you another break. I actually picked the next track we're going to listen to, and it's an arrangement of a game that I've actually never played, but I watched what? my little brother play Threads of Fate like like four or five times, so I know the game really well, even though I've never actually controlled it. And so the track I picked is from your Video Game Music Remastered Underrated Edition album, which it's uh, Passing Through the Forest, and that soundtrack was originally composed by Junya Nakano. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Passing Through the Forest from Threads of Fate.
Yeah, I, I really like that track. We, we were talking a little bit while we were listening to it, just about uh, Threads of Fate does not get enough love, so it's appropriately placed on your underrated album, but also that's a really great track. I'm always a big fan of trying to get games on the show that we haven't had yet, so you gave us a great opportunity to do that. Right. I mean, as, as great as Chrono Trigger and Cross are, we can only listen to so many tracks. And Xenoblade now. Now we played, as much as I love Xenoblade, <laughs> we've honestly played, I think, enough Xenoblade to last us for quite a long time. I, we want to branch out. And speaking of which, why why did they feel the need to rename Throws of Fate Do Prism? Sean was asking, and I, I'm sorry, the other way around. Do Prism, Throws of Fate. Sean was mentioning that, and I was like, yeah, you're right, because it's not as if Do Prism is an unpronounceable name like Infinite Undiscovery. Or Artanelico Quoga 3 Nelavar Seal. Whatever, man. Finnell just wants you to... Never mind. I don't want to talk about <laughs> So, Sean, what is the... For you, like, now that you know you're, you're writing original music, you're arranging other music, you know, you, you're, you're living the dream, I would say. The so dream. What, what's the most satisfying part of all that for you, like, so far? I think just seeing how many people enjoy what I do, and that's most... That's most of the reason why I keep doing it is because uh, I keep getting comments on my YouTube. Uh, people are sending me messages through my Wix website, and it's just saying how much they enjoy the music and can't wait to hear more. And it's like that's just what, that's what keeps me going. And I probably couldn't do this without support. <laughs> you know what's cool too about getting all those comments is it's like with with the arrangements, it's like you're tapping into people's nostalgia for that, but then you're like. I don't know, like, because I've I've never, you know, I've never made any music, but to be able to like arrange something that somebody loves and have them like it, you know, even more now, like that's really cool to be able to tap into their nostalgia, but also kind of, you know, make make what they hear in their head actually match up with what they're listening to. With like like that's how I felt about like the Final Fantasy X remastered soundtrack. If I recall, I don't I don't remember if you said you were a fan of that, but I was not. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry to say. No, that's okay. But, you know, generally, I think that was the mentality behind that one. Like, the Kingdom Hearts one, I actually think, is I don't know if you've heard that one or if you're familiar with the Kingdom Hearts music, but... Yeah, yes, it's good. It's good. Yeah, like, I really like what they did with that. It sort of lets your nostalgia catch up with the reality of, of what it is that you're listening to. Right, and then there are, there, there are always purists that, like, with my remastered tunes, not necessarily the remixed or arranged ones... They want it to sound too close to the original, I'm like, and I'm just, I'm just like, that's not how this works. I mean, I want to keep it as close to the original form-wise as possible, and like, I'll, I'll even take samples from the original track and put them in the remaster. But you can't please everyone, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that, that seems like it's probably the right mentality to have too. Like any any creative process, especially one. On the other side of that coin, when you're tapping into, like, nostalgia, people, you're right, they're the purists who are like, you know, this is terrible, it's not what I heard ten years ago, so it sucks. And I don't really think, I mean, if you're making something new, making any kind of an arrangement, those aren't the kind of people that you should be aiming to please anyway, because they're not going to be satisfied with anything short of just the original track. Right. So, among everything that you've done, do you have a favorite song uh, across all the albums, all the all the arrangements, all the singles? Do you have a single favorite? I know that's kind of hard to ask, but... Are hard to think uh, and it's hard to answer too like i love everything that i put out if i didn't i probably wouldn't be putting them out oh <laughs> uh, let's see how about one it doesn't have to be your favorite but you know pick any one that you know you're especially proud of or that you like a lot you know like if you were going to say or if you were talking to someone and they said i want you to explain your music to me in one song what would you pick you may have three 
<laughs> Yay, again. three choices again. I like this. <laughs> I like this. Makes it feel a little less high impact, you know? Exactly. Um, well, I am I am quite proud of my Chrono Trigger jazz album, so I'd say just the first track of that, Chronos. I enjoyed making that a lot, <laughs> and that ha- that has to be one of my favorites. And then from my second remastered album from Final Fantasy VII, uh, I really enjoyed making the electric to Chocobo theme. Someone on my YouTube, the YouTube video, said that it reminded them of like if Crash Bandicoot wrote a Chocobo, and I, I just said that I would throw my wallet so hard at my screen if it, yeah. if it made that happen. Wow. Put me down <laughs> for throwing the wallet at the screen for that one, too. That would be amazing. And then I'd say the opera from my upcoming Final Fantasy VI Disc 2 album, which uh, the first two tracks, the overture and the aria, are on my YouTube. Uh, I'm still working on getting a baritone for the wedding, and I'm just, I, I can't find a baritone for the life of me. Well, you should have just asked, Sean. I'm right here. No, I'm not. I'm not actually. I can speak. I can't sing. That's actually, you know, maybe uh, I might get myself in trouble among purists for saying this, but I actually didn't really like the opera until recently. Like, really? uh, you know, maybe not recently, like five or six years ago. I just I didn't really like I had played Final Fantasy six and I really liked it. But like I, I, I was playing it on like the terrible PlayStation version. And so like I was rushing through it because, you know, the menu took like 30 seconds to load. It was horrible. And God. so I sort of like, I guess I didn't pay appropriate enough attention to the opera, but then for uh, the series anniversary, Square did a, uh, like a, a vinyl release of a live concert and there was an actual opera version of the opera sung by, and I cannot remember their names, but by actual opera singers. And it was amazing. So now like all of a sudden I've been going like back and like listening to all of these opera arrangements and that that really is like it's such an impressive thing for them to have done on the Super Nintendo, and I love that now like with all these arrangements and like I'll admit I'm actually quite excited to listen to yours. Sorry to you know brown nose a little bit there, but it, it's just it's a really cool you know like it was written for the Super Nintendo sound chip, but now all of a sudden you're hearing it as you know I imagine it wasn't Uematsu's head when he wrote it, like before he had to you know put it on on you know the Super Nintendo hardware. Right, and uh, what I'm actually doing for. The opera on the album is you have the, well, you have the version I uploaded to YouTube, and then there's going to be the album version, which will include a narrator. Really? Yes, just like the impresario in the game that fills you in on what's happening before each scene. There will be that in the album. That sounds rad. I have a feeling you just made yourself a lot of friends too. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, I'm trying to be as as faithful to the original as possible. And in the original, there's that impresario that says lines in between the scenes so i mean why not add that <laughs> yeah that sounds really cool it certainly makes it more into kind of a theatrical thing like uh, you get the the narrative more embedded in the music that way right and uh fun fact actually when i was at a grand rapids community community college when distant worlds came to grand rapids the the baritone voice professor william bachout played Rolfs in Distant Worlds. He played the the baritone part. It was fantastic. That's super cool. Because I know, like, so with Distant Worlds, if I'm not mistaken, I've never been to one, sadly. Someday I will. But so don't they get, they get local musicians to help, uh, like, to help with the performance, right? They do. Like, is that, that's a good thing they normally do? That's really cool. That must have been awesome. Yeah, and I'm just like, wait, I know him. <laughs> He's I know the... that voice. <laughs> That's, well, one that's of those, cool. it's did one you, of those. Did you did you actually study under him? Sorry, Steven. No, I I am not a singer. Anyone can tell you I do not sing. 
that's why I am an instrumentalist. But uh, I I do know I I do know him from just like talking to him around the campus and whatnot. Mm. Did you ask him about it actually? I haven't been able to get to GRCC for a while, so just busy stuff. But that that's but that is a really cool part of like the the proliferation of kind of concerts and stuff. We've talked about this a little bit, but like you know having all of these actual like stage performances of game music, sort of a you know. Fo- like fostering greater appreciation of it as an actual serious art form and not just, you know, people going, oh, I had an Atari once. So it's it always... hurts me a little bit. It, it does, but it, it's really cool. Like, like even when we went to uh, Video Games Live at E3, like they have like, you know, sometimes the choir has never performed for a video game. And like, it's always really cool to have these people like performing it and suddenly realizing like, you know, this is like viable music. This isn't just, you know, I mean, this isn't just right. again, Atari. Because every now and then I still get the question when when I tell people what I do, and uh, I tell them that I that I co-host a video game music podcast and I, that I'm into VGM and stuff. Occasionally, I will still get the question. Okay, so what do you like besides video game music? And it's kind of it just kind of makes me groan a little bit because I feel like there's this undercurrent. Okay, well of of like well that's not real music. So besides that, what actual music do you like? And so I hope that these kinds of things, these kinds of performances and little things like our show spreading a little bit of love here and there, I hope that gradually gets people to understand more and more that game music is just, it's everything. It's not just one type. It's not just a thing that only a small selection of people can listen to. So anything that can be done to further that appreciation and understanding, I think, is is a good cause. So that's cool that you got to actually interact with somebody who you know, did that, who tried, who brought a little bit of that to the masses. And are perpetuating it yourself. Yeah, so yeah, and that's part of the reason I got started with this is because just video game music is uh, as a whole underrated by the masses. And it's just like if uh if I can bring these tracks that were great by themselves just back when and get new people to listen to them, it's like, "Wait, this is video game music?" Then I've done my job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you, I love even that. if it's even if it's only one person, like that's what we always say, like at the end of the show, we're like, you know, <laughs> you know get one person if we got one person to listen to it and go huh like and and you know that that wouldn't have done that otherwise i think that's awesome so that's why you know i think you know what you're doing with the remasters is awesome because that you know helps you know introduce it to a whole new audience and that's pretty fantastic thank you it's good stuff so before we move on let's listen to one more track we're going to listen to chronos which is one of the arranged tracks off of their chrono trigger jazz album and we will be right back
That was Kronos, an arrangement of the Chrono Trigger main theme from uh, Sean's Chrono Trigger Jazz album. Super, super good. And, well, I guess we're getting pretty close to the end of our interview today, but we will ask you a couple more questions before we let you go eat your, I don't know, Chipotle or chicken curry or whatever you feel like eating tonight. It's it's up to you, man. <laughs> I'm going to eat Chipotle. I don't know why I just automatically was like, yeah, you can go eat your Chipotle. <laughs> if, if you're eating Chipotle, everyone's eating Chipotle. Pretty much, yeah. So, all right, actually, so, there's a Moe's here now, so I won't be eating Chipotle unless never, Moe's is been. an option. Oh my god, I know. Sorry, and, I, can't, uh, I can't derail. Let's talk about Moe's. I'll go on all day. No, I love burritos. I'm ready. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the entire VGM remastered series is super cool. So, what's the genesis of that series? Like, um, the Chrono Trigger Jazz, which we just heard a selection from, is a very cool album, and I'm sure I speak for everyone when we all you know, have that love of the near soundtrack because Keiichi Okabe's work is super good. So specifically about those projects, like what brought them about and, you know. Well, I do love those soundtracks by themselves. They're fantastic. And like what we were talking about before, I don't think that jazz is a very prominent genre in most video games now. Mm. And I kind of wanted to bring that awareness of that genre to light and i would seek out the the sheet music for the tracks that i wanted to do and then use those as the like use the same chord progressions as the original keeping like paying tribute to the original in that way like not changing the form at all the forms are exactly the same uh the chord structures are exactly the same maybe adding a seventh or ninth to make things more jazzy but i mean most of it is taken straight from the original source and just dressed up so basically it's just like your your love of those things spurred you to go and create some arrangements in a style that isn't typically represented exactly you can say things better than i can so uh, <laughs> i, I, I kind of mumble uh, do you hear me right now even uh. even if even if that were true you music things better than us and that's much cooler you do music <laughs> things a lot better that was my that was my <laughs> verbing of that i love using nouns as verbs i like verbings so, for our last question, our last official question, in your mind, what does the future look like for Sean? Like, you're going to continue with doing more remastering, do more original composition, mix both. You know, if, if you want, if you were like, what would your ideal career be in five years? Like, where would you be at? Well, I'm de- I definitely want to do a little bit of both. Like, I, want, I still want to do the remastering and the remixing, but also I want to get into much more original composition and get actually make music for games that's just kind of my dream job <laughs> and be uh, awesome even like collaborating with fellow composers that are already in the the industry collaborating with ivy would be a dream <laughs> yes well let me just be... message her since i'm a personal friend <laughs> <laughs> actually that I, I would love to hear what you guys could do together like that's that's actually like you made me think of like how cool I, I don't know how the internal community at Louder is, but it's really cool. Like it seems like there are a lot of collaborations coming out of that. And I think that's one of the coolest things that I wouldn't have expected. Like if you had said, what's the benefit of Louder before it came out, I wouldn't have realized that. But like there's so many cool musicians working together and like you get just the craziest, like most awesome sounding music out of that. I think that's really cool. So exactly. Like I think uh, composers that collab make just the greatest music together. And like, I talked quite a while back, I talked to uh, Shannon Mason on Twitter. Oh, Pongball. She's yes, rad. Pongball. She's awesome. And uh, I'd, I'd love to collab, do some collab stuff with her. 
Like just just everybody. Just let me work with you. <laughs> yeah, we also would like that to happen. You know, speaking purely from a I want to hear it standpoint. Yeah, did you uh did you listen did you hear the Grincia soundtrack she did? That was really cool. Like I have not heard that yet. Oh man, it's it's on her bandcamp, but it's like got like super it like so it's like in the Super Nintendo style. And I I ha- I suspect that a gentleman such as yourself would appreciate it. It's it's really cool. Like it's sort of like inspired by but not cribbing from classic Super Nintendo style stuff. It sounds really right. cool. It's just close enough that it sounds super authentic, like like one of those, oh, somehow I missed playing this game on Super Nintendo. Exactly. Kind of sound. Exactly. Yeah. It fits into that canon really well. Yes. Yeah, just every everything she puts out is fantastic. We're hoping to talk to her someday too. Yep. Do it. But anyways, Sean, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun to get to talk to you. I know it, it took us forever to get around to it, but we finally did. Thank you. you. Know. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we, we had a... But we're we, not done yet. No, we're not done yet. We, we have you again for next time for a full episode of listening to music. We're not going to talk about the topic yet, though, because I want to keep it a secret for a little while. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic. So keep listening, listener, for more Sean and us. But you already you always hear us, so be more excited for Sean. And again... You know, if you want to you want to talk to Sean, talk to him on Twitter, VGM Remastered, like him on Facebook, do all that good stuff. Go buy all of his music all at once, 10 times. Support mm-hmm. me. Yes, exactly. At least exactly. 10 times. If you're not doing it 10 times, you're not doing a good enough job. Exactly. <laughs> well, for Derek, for Sean, thanks everyone for listening. Sean, thank you for joining us and uh, taking us out. Derek, I think you picked the last track, right? I did, because I love me some near music so, so much, and so does Sean. Oddly enough, I picked a track from one of his near arrangement albums. It is Nightingale, and it is the Kine, it's Kaine's theme, but done up in Sean's signature jazzy style. So we hope you enjoyed the episode, and continue to enjoy Nightingale.